everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Uncorked Corner. We are excited to have returning guest Mark from Stowe Cider with us today. Uh, if you guys recall, we went to visit Stowe Cider, I think almost two years ago now, which seems crazy. Uh, so we were very excited to have him back on and chat with you about what's going on up there in Vermont. Yeah, thank you. Well, I'm excited to be back here and, um, and to host uh, you folks during the, the winter months here, which is... Uh, uh, our peak season and and what we live for here in, in Vermont. Yeah, I know I was up there just recently. I think it was two weeks ago. It was right before I started my new job on a Tuesday. We had about a foot of powder, I think, that you guys got on a Tuesday. And I went up to Killington. It was like a three-hour drive from where I am now. But it was so, uh, so worth it. We spent all day out there. I think it was my first time ever actually getting to snowboard on real powder around here. Oh, that's, we don't get oh, a that's lot amazing. Of that, but, oh, yeah, so the beach is great. Yeah, the beast is great down in Killington. They've got some really great terrain, and I don't make it down there often enough, but I know that they got a, a, a good uh, amount of snow from that storm. Yep, it was a lot of fun. But, yeah, I love coming up that whole area. There's so many uh, good places to go. And you guys, when we were up in the snow area, that's uh, you know, definitely one of our favorite spots. I know you guys do a lot of music and everything. We haven't gotten to see any of that in person, but next time we get up to that area, we're definitely going to come by and hang out with you a little bit more. But uh, oh, what are some great. of your uh, – favorite places to go you say don't go to Killington a lot but talk about things to do in the winter what do you like to do up there in Stowe? Yes I mean here in Stowe obviously in the winter it's all about skiing and snowboarding and um, you know there's uh, a lot of great trails uh, here at Stowe Mountain but there's so many good mountains here in the state of Vermont uh, we're really spoiled uh, whether you're, you know you go north south east or west you can find a great mountain uh, that's got um, its own uh, great features, you know, whether that's being, you know, the, the snowboard park, skills park that, you know, Killington has to offer or the single chair that's uh, at Mad River Glen still, um, you know, you've got split mountains here at Stowe where you've got Mount Mansfield and Spruce Peak. So a lot of good beginner and advanced terrain and expert terrain here in Stowe. A similar thing happening in Sugarbush uh, where they've got Mount Lincoln and Mount Ellen right next to each other. So um, you know, you can spend several days exploring these mountains here in Vermont um, and still not see it all. It's, it's phenomenal. And if you guys haven't listened to our first episode, uh, not to jump in front of Nick, I just wanted to um, remind that we'll put the link in the show notes. But uh, when we chatted with Stowe the first time, we kind of covered all of the background on you guys, um, all your staple ciders. But we wanted to really focus today's episode on kind of what we're talking about, um, skiing, snowboarding, winter, everything exciting about Stowe, uh, because that's a, a big part of your brand and the seasonal ciders that you have out. So I just want to make sure that we touch on those while we're, we have you on the call. Oh, great. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. I mean, it drives a lot of, um, of how we operate and live here. And, and you'll see that through the, the brand and through the titles of some of the ciders that we create and the flavors or the graphics. Um, it's very much about being outdoors. Uh, that's why we live in the Green Mountains, um, you know, and especially, um, you know, here at Stowe, we, we buy ski passes for any employees who are interested. You've got to be able to get through the doldrums of winter and, and those cold, uh, long, uh, short days here um, somehow, and, and that's through outdoor activity. So, you know, a lot of our uh, team skis and snowboards, uh, otherwise, they're often out on cross-country skis or snowshoeing. Um, so it's not all about downhill skiing. Uh, but when it comes to our ciders, um, it's certainly one of our most popular tips up. Uh, you can't miss that sign when you're getting off the chairlift. And if you do, you've probably gone, um, you know, after tea kettle. <laughs> uh, now, 
uh, speaking of the seasonal sites that Bianca brought up, I know you got your rotating track. So which uh, cider do you have out there in distribution right now that's kind of for this season? Yeah, for this season, uh, it's tuned up all the way. That's uh, one of our favorite ciders to make and consume here. Um, you know, it's around for a few short months throughout the winter. It, it highlights uh, what we believe to be some of the best seasonal ingredients, um, and that's going to be cranberry and orange, you know, inside of a, a dry base cider. Uh, we you know, work, um, you know, with some bogs in the great state of Massachusetts to store some cranberry um, and finish it off with just a little bit of orange uh, to round it out. And, you know, if you've seen the graphics of that can, it depicts, um, you know, Mount Mansfield at its finest. It's got a picture of the gondola headed up to the cliff house, which is kind of a quintessential um, view when you're at the base of the mountain. Um, and so it depicts, you know, everything that uh, we're about here, uh, essentially November through March. Uh, yep. That's awesome. So do you find yourself drinking, uh, I know you do mostly the canned cold ciders and hard ciders, but during these winter months when it gets chilly, do you do any, uh, hot ciders too? Yeah. So, you know, we, uh, have a phenomenal program going right now where we started doing more cocktails inside of our tap room. Um, and, and we always feature some sort of cider element. We always try try to tie it back to the apple um, and uh, a bourbon uh, mold cider is definitely one of the more popular beverages of choice here in our tap room right now. That sounds like one I'd like. That's, I'm going to have to try that. That sounds delicious. I'm a big yeah. whiskey fan. So that would be the perfect nice. marriage. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And so, you know, we're uh, excited right now. In addition to the tuned up being a great seasonal, it's barrel aged season for us. So uh, keep an eye out. We certainly have some barrel aged releases coming over the course of the next several weeks and a couple months here. Um, you know, the Smuggler's Reserve, our bourbon barrel aged, uh, that's a, I think batch seven. So going back seven years out of the, the eight plus we've been in business, uh, we've released uh, an annual bourbon barrel aged cider. Uh, kind of pays uh, homage to the Smuggler's Notch, uh, which is, is separates, you know, Mount Mansfield and Spruce Peak, uh, brings it back to uh, pre-prohibition or actually prohibition time when they were smuggling uh, contraband and, and some of that being alcohol from Canada down through Vermont and, you know, into the more popular, uh, you know, populated areas of, of the Northeast and New England. Uh, Smuggler's Notch was a big part of that. So uh, our Smuggler's Reserve, um, you know, is, is uh, kind of our ode to, to the notch here. That's awesome. And when it comes to these seasonal sort of limited releases, do you distribute those outside the tap room too and get them down to Massachusetts and some of the other States or are those only available locally? Yeah. I mean, it all depends on how much quantity we have. We're fortunate to, you know, have a, a solid fan base here in Vermont, obviously being our home state. And, um, you know, so if we're able to scale up a recipe and, and get the ingredients um, necessary, we'll do that. But we don't um, sacrifice volume for quality. So, you know, if we can only source the, uh, the ingredients that we believe to be the best fit for our product um, in a certain volume, we'll make that much and sell it to, you know, taproom only or Vermont and then expand from there. When it comes to the seasonals, um, you know, it's like the rotating tracks and tuned up. Certainly you'll find that in Massachusetts and pretty much throughout all of our um, network here throughout the Northeast. Uh, but the Smuggler's Reserve, that's going to be a taproom exclusive. You know, that's only about 500 gallons or so of product. So you've got to come here or we're fortunate now to be shipping online. So, you know, one of the things that we pivoted to um, early on in the pandemic was shipping our ciders. Um, and so we've got 38 states that we ship to. Uh, and with that, uh, first come is going to be our golden apple club. So I think we're up to about 150 members now. 
of people who subscribe to our um, quarterly shipments. And so uh, those are going to be the folks that kind of get the first crack at some of those uh, hard to get ciders. Very nice. Yeah. And speaking of the tap room, Nick and I had the opportunity to visit, which we loved. It's such a cool spot. You guys have done a great job with the space, Um, but you always have things going on there. So of course, this time of year where a lot of people are coming up to Stowe or or people are going to Vermont to ski. um, What are some of the things that you have happening in your tap room this time of year? Is there anything exciting that you have happening or anything that we can look forward to for the next couple of months? Yeah, certainly. As, as everybody is well aware and experiencing as well as we are, uh, it's been a roller coaster over the course of the last year and a half in terms of planning events. Can we have people inside or not? And I feel like we've gotten to a point here uh, in Stowe where uh, we're keeping things active but safe and consistent. And so right now our consistency is within our uh, four days of the week. On Thursdays, we're doing open mic. Uh, we've got a phenomenal leader for that, Brian Levin. He's a local hero when it comes to music here. Uh, always has extra guitars. We've got comedians getting up there. He'll he'll play so you can sing. So it's almost like a live karaoke uh, for some folks. And, and so that's been really fun um, on Thursday nights. Friday, uh, we're just picking up music again. We've got a, a local friend, uh, Ryan Sweezy, you know, for the month of February, but then jumping into um, a jazz night with uh, potentially some oysters and things of that nature on Fridays. Saturday, um, it's a running tradition of three or four years now, Cider Saturday. So four to seven, operate time, so Cider is definitely the place to be, uh, free live music during that time, and uh, something that I would not recommend missing if you're up here, uh, just the energy um, is phenomenal. And then Sunday's uh, newly added is our brunch, and so from 12 to 3, we're doing a brunch, uh, mostly featuring Zach Nugent, uh, who's, you know, a Grateful Dead and Jerry Garcia Um enthusiasts there and, and phenomenal and, and partnered up with our friends so sandwich down the road who are doing some breakfast stuff some sandwich some hot sandwiches um and pair that with a delicious bloody mary or cider cocktail and uh, you're off to the races very cool now uh with we got a big event coming up so for people in into skiing and snowboarding the olympics are here so do you spend a lot of time or do you get any uh, watching of that stuff is that something that you make kind of priority to make sure you're watching when the big events are out yeah, you know, it certainly is. We we uh, we want to support that. You know, we were this town was um, you know founded on um, skiing and and sports skiing and downhill. We've got a lot of big ski racing history here uh, in Stowe and in definitely Vermont and uh, Cochrane's, which is just down the road, uh, is known uh, for grooming uh, Olympic skiers. And so there's definitely a history here in Vermont. It's something we watch very closely and. Uh, I think as we kind of get underway, we might even uh, be projecting some of that here in our, our tap room. Nice. And uh, yeah. what would be, if you had to pick your favorite event to watch in the Winter Olympics? Doesn't yeah, have to I be think, skiing or snowboarding, too. Yeah, if you want to say yeah. curling, you can say curling. I think curling well, is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, curling is very cool. I think it's more fun to play than to watch, but um, it is uh, it is interesting to see what they can do. I mean, I am just blown away constantly by uh, big air. I think when I started... Uh, my uh, career in winter sports, um, it was uh, snowboarding. And I don't know why, because I'm a, a hockey player and so I'm used to two feet. Uh, but, you know, I thought, hey, I'm going to give snowboarding a try. And um, that was fairly short-lived, but I'm still just so impressed on what people can do with, you know, two feet locked into one, you know, board and surface there. And how much air and to land it is, is unbelievable. And, and props to skiers and all the other athletes out there but something about the the big air and the half pipe in uh on a snowboard uh is wow a lot of credit there 
Yep. I was just watching the, uh, I watched a lot of the X games recently and some of the stuff they had going on, especially the newer guys, um, like the Hiranos, the two guys, the brothers out of Japan, the air that they are coming out and some of the things that they were throwing down out there in the half pipe were unbelievable. It was so yeah, crazy. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And, it, and I think it's, you know, and it even kind of goes back to, to Sean White several years ago and seeing him back, but uh, they don't ever stop. Even though when they know they have first place, they're going to go on that last run and they're going to give it everything they've got and try yep. tricks they've never tried before. And I think, um, you know, some of that is fairly unique to the mentality of snowboarders. Uh, so yeah. I've got to tip my hat to, to them for sure. Is curling well, something that you, you said that you've done it, right? So is that oh, something yeah. that people do more often in Vermont? Because I swear there's nowhere that you can even try it. They just started doing it in Boston, but okay. I have not seen it anywhere else in Massachusetts. It's like a, a rare thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's definitely more popular just north of the border. I know there's a lot of places in Canada. Uh, my cousins and I have a set that we uh, bust out in the wintertime on the pond um, in the lakes. Uh, but there isn't any official curling happening here. But um, I was thinking maybe not obviously this year, but next year we've got a nice outdoor space and a, a little rink or a, uh, a curling setup might be pretty neat. That would be a lot of fun. That does seem like one of those sports that would be a lot of fun. And I enjoy watching it too. Just the intensity that they have and it's just the suspense of the stones slowly moving towards the, the circle. <laughs> What's going to happen? But uh, I, I enjoy watching it, but I've always thought that would be a fun one to try playing. Oh, definitely. And then broom ball. If you haven't done that, you know, for those who uh, might not be the best ice skaters, uh, throw on some sneakers. You can still get on the ice, uh, you know, throw a ball and a couple brooms. And that's a lot of fun. We've sponsored that up at uh, Spruce Peak and, and Snow here uh, a couple seasons ago. And that was a lot of fun getting a group out on, on the ice that way. So of all the uh, mountains, when you go out there to go do some snowboarding yourself, which one's your favorite in your local area? If you had. Yeah. One? I mean, I have to say uh, Mount Mansfield. So yeah, it's, um, it's, you know, 15 minutes from my house, essentially. I, you know, I'm going to go in about 30 minutes with my four-year-old to, to uh, enjoy this bluebird day that we have. Uh, but it's definitely Mount Mansfield. I think just the diversity of terrain. You've got the highest peak here in the state of Vermont. So you've got some really great double black diamonds as you get up towards the top. Uh, but I can bring my four-year-old and hit the greens and the blues, um, you know, with confidence and train him and teach him, you know, the safe way to do it, um, the right way to do it, get in and out of the trees. If that's what that's what he's really into right now. I'm surprised at four years old. I don't think I was I was doing that. Uh, but he's like, well, dad, are there any jumps or, you know, where can we go in the woods? And so we're going to go up to the metal quad today and, and get in and out of the trees a little bit. And I can tell you, spoiled. I give him a lot of credit because I was up at Killington a couple weeks ago going in and out of the trees and it was not pretty. So <laughs> it's good to I start I can't even early. imagine. So yeah. good for you guys. <laughs> yeah, that is, it's a lot of fun. And I'm sure there's plenty of things like with those little progression parks and things like it probably have a ton of fun on small boxes and things like that. Um, and when you start early, I feel like you don't have the same fear as you do when you're older and more brutal. Yeah. That's that, right. That's yeah. <laughs> you kind of made yeah, a rubber. Right. You'll just go for it. So it's, uh, it's fun, but you yeah, always see any advice. Yeah. For any, for any parents out there with their kids, you know, it's all about the hot chocolate and the French fries to start to so make sure, <laughs> um, you know, that they're, they're getting something in their belly afterwards and, and they'll be hooked. And, you know, here at uh, Stowe, at the top of the gondola ride, there's a waffle house. Um, and they do chocolate covered waffles and, you know, hot chocolate and things of that nature. I didn't tell my kids they were up there, but, you know, they made it to the top of uh, Mount Mansfield, um, you know, with their own confidence. 
And um, they were, you know, absolutely rewarded with uh, a hot waffle covered in chocolate sauce. And so, Nothing beats a ski mountain waffle. Yeah. Yep. So Bianca has a young one on the way too. And I told her we're definitely going to get her snowboarding once she's up. And I'm a my, skier. So yeah. we're kind of, this is like a debate. Yeah, but, but Paul, <laughs> but Paul's a snowboarder. It's true. So it's two. And I just got my girlfriend. She got her first snowboard. So she started, cool. she did a little yep. snow skiing when she was younger, but kind of 10 years later out of the blue, um, she wanted to try snowboarding. She get out there with us. So she's doing that. And then we just got my little sister on a snowboard too. Um, and Ava, if you're listening to this before it's out, happy birthday. You got a new snowboard coming for you. <laughs> I don't know if she'll know by it. Uh, she already, she's already been on it. It was the one that she was trying recently, but yeah, I'm converting everyone I can. I want more friends there you up go. There in the mountains. So good. Can't well, yeah, me. I mean, you just mentioned uh, the X games. And so, uh, you probably saw Jack Petrani there. He's the local here. So he's, he's got a young one who I think is probably only about a year and a half. I think her name is Willa, but yeah, I see them over at the, the magic carpet, uh, typically on the, the weekdays and sometimes on the weekends. And, um, so there's a, a solid, uh, contingency of snowboarders here too. Yeah. I'm just hoping we get more powder because ice is no fun for me. I just, <laughs> no. I was out there yeah. at, uh, we went to Loon the other day and it was beautiful. The first part of the day, it was nice and warm. It hit like three o'clock. It was getting towards that tail end and it just, some of the, once that wind gets going, it just turns to straight ice on some of the teep, steeper runs. So not fun. Yeah. So hoping yeah, for more of that careful. powder. You got to be careful. We call it dust on crust. You know, you think you're good. You think you've got good snow and then you hit the, the dust goes away and you hit the crust. Yeah. And, and that's when injuries happen, especially when you get to our age. Right. I was bummed uh, because I spent four hours shoveling on a, what on Saturday, we got probably about two feet here and drove up to loon on Sunday. And I don't think they got anything. Maybe yeah, an inch send it two. up here. Send it up here. You guys are yeah. rocking all the snow. You know. <laughs> um, hopefully, in the next couple of days, there seems to be a system coming across. It was originally six to twelve. It's supposed to be twelve to eighteen now. So hopefully, that stays true, and uh, we're, we're riding the powder in the next couple of days here. Oh yeah, definitely be taking a trip for that. And you said Mansfield was your favorite. So that special limited release that you had come out around the holidays. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because that seemed pretty interesting. You were making that with grape skins if i'm not mistaken yeah so this is our third iteration of mansfield uh it is our ode and a uh, recognition to the, the tallest peak in vermont which is right in our backyard here in stowe so it's part of stowe resort um and so we figured what better way to honor the biggest mountain than with the biggest bottle of uh, you know cider we could create which is a magnum so it's essentially two wine bottles or a liter and a half uh that is method champenois so we um, we create a product and essentially it conditions within the bottle, the form of bottle conditioning um, popular for the uh, process of champagne. Um, and so, you know, through the, the fermentation happens um, and then you put the bottles in a riddling rack. So any of the organics or the yeast um, float to the bottom into the neck. <clears throat> and then when the process is done, you freeze off the neck bottle, uh, the neck of the bottle and you go uh, through a process called disgorging. So when it's frozen, you open the bottles, the pressure from inside, from the, um, the carbonation pushes the plug out, uh, which is the yeast and the organics, and you stop it and then cap it, uh, excuse me, you um, cork it. Um, and so that's essentially how you create the, the uh, method Champenois. Um, and so that's a, uh, it's a fun project for us that we do every year. And so the first year was our uh, version of a high and dry with a higher alcohol. 
Uh, then we did um, last year, it was a cranberry version and we released it around Thanksgiving. Um, and then this most recent year, we brought it back to a New Year's release uh, around that time, the holidays, uh, which was a co-ferment with um, red wine grape skins. Um, and so it's got um, a nice balance between apple and, and um, grape wine and, um, you know, perfect for, uh, for sharing around the holidays for sure. So how long, when you have these uh, limited ones out there, how long do you typically have them before you release kind of the next one? Yeah. So, um, you know, we're, um, it's, it's when things open up within the production schedule and us taking advantage of ingredients. Um, and so, you know, we have a whole kind of philosophy that I like to call from waste to taste. And that's, you know, where these, uh, grape skins come from, for example, it's like, oh, wow, cool. We can get these grape skins that are normally going to go to the compost, right? They're going to get tossed. They're going to be waste, right? And so rather than waste those, there's so much good flavor in there. Let's turn that to taste. And so it's kind of a program we have in-house from waste to taste. We work with, you know, several farms, several other, you know, beverage manufacturers. Um, you know, an example would be Runamuck Maple. They've got a lot of infused maple syrup flavors. Um, and so I think it started off, um, you know, they reached out. Or I, I might have reached out to them. I don't remember how it went down, but they had some maple soaked ginger. And I was like, wow, let's add that to our shandy and do like a maple ginger shandy. And it was phenomenal. And so we have a really good relationship with relationship with them now, you know, where we're getting um, maple infused uh, and soaked products like maple, uh, vanilla and cinnamon, uh, where we mix it with bourbon barrel aged products. Um, you know, we team up with our friends at Caledonia Spirits um, every year for our gin and juice. Um, which takes their post um, distillation gin botanicals, their juniper berries. Um, normally, those you know hit the compost. So it's like, hey, 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 you know, there's a little you know little alcohol on those, and still some good flavors. So send them down the road, um, and we'll put them to good use. And you know, we we put them into our cider. And um, so anyway, that's uh, it's it's about kind of seizing those opportunities for that's us awesome. more and more more than sticking to a hard schedule yeah no that's the best way to do it because then you can take advantage of yeah those sort of off cycle ingredients when they're fresh yep. and funny you mentioned runamuck actually was on our podcast we brought them on so i think i don't know bianca do you have the ginger maple syrup there or did i have it i think you i had have that one. i have the ginger infused syrup the ginger. There. they are delicious we, yeah we they have them. some they have some great maple syrup yeah, my kids love it. I mean, they've got uh, something that has litter in it. I don't know if you've seen that, but uh, <laughs> we, we had some, some of that one too. <laughs> you did, yep. yeah. They're pretty interesting. I mean, it blew my kids' mind, you know. And and um, anyway, they had a happy New Year's uh, New Year's Day with with some glitter maple syrup. That's awesome. But yeah, great stuff, and uh, I can definitely see that going well with the uh, with the ciders that you guys make. So, yeah. Uh, when it comes to, I guess planning. I guess you said you have a relationship with local farms. I'm just thinking, how do you know what's going to make a good cider? Is a lot of it trial and error? Like, uh, like grape skin, something, you know, it's got a history of being, you know, they turned into drinks, but something a little bit off like that, you know, the maple soaked ginger, like, how do you know that's going to come out to be a good cider? Uh, you don't. Um, I think you just trust the instincts. You know, I take a lot of inspiration from cocktails, uh, from food. You know, I, I, I enjoy cooking. I enjoy mixing drinks. Um, and I like to kind of bring those elements and, and um, you know, concepts to the cider making side of things. 
And so, you know, uh, whenever I'm out to eat, looking over the cocktail menu for inspiration or looking at foods that, um, you know, pair really well together and what some of those seasonings might be, and especially when you get into herbs and, and uh, compost and things of that nature. So you can kind of see how these fruits and herbs are playing well together. Uh, definitely drawing inspiration uh, from those and then bringing it into cider. And, um, you know, one of the one of the things, you know, I, I teach our, our cider makers and seller team here first is you can't take it out. And so, you know, it's kind of always, you know, starting with subtle flavors, letting the the apple always be a part of the show is really important to us. Um, you know, sometimes with the brain waves, maybe it gets a little lost, um, you know, when you're putting peanut butter and jelly inside. But, um, you know, I think it's, it's, you can't take it out, start slow, don't go too far, build the flavors, um, you know, in a, in a logical way um, to highlight the ingredients. Uh, don't just, you know, kind of dump it in or go crazy when it comes to these infusion or aging process. Um, you know, because you can't go backwards. So you can always build more layers on, right. you know, as, as you're adding more seasoning as a, as a chef needs more salt and pepper, um, you know, don't throw the whole bag on and then, and then see how you can fix it. Yeah. One of our favorite parts about your cider in particular is I think you do things very different. There's so many cool flavors. The bottling is different. The canning is different. Your logos and your can designs are awesome. Um, so that's one of our favorite parts about Stowe. And I think obviously the flavor is fantastic, but it's just so, it's so unique compared to some other ciders that we've tried. We, we love cider. Um, it's definitely a fall winter focus for us. I think I, I drink it less in the summer, but there are some very cool fruity flavors that you can get in the summertime too. Well, one, um, for example, yeah. last time we tried from you is the margarita, the yeah. Sidra margarita. Ooh. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a fun one to drink. And that was definitely summery, but yeah, that, and uh, I definitely encourage people that are listening to take advantage of that golden apple club, if they can, to get some of those limited releases, because they really are cool. And I remember last time you were on, it was like not quite released yet. I think you gave us a little sneak peek about it right before, um, but it's definitely something to take advantage of because you guys do make some really cool stuff and stuff that you aren't just going to find on the shelf everywhere. That's right. Well, thank you. Yeah, we appreciate that. We're um, just always looking to kind of, you know, explore uh, new boundaries and new opportunities and, and just continue to have fun and push, push the envelope wherever possible. That's what gets us excited um, is, is, you know, making, making sure no two, two days are the same. For anyone who's like me who's listening and can't drink booze at the moment, I also love your fresh press. And I was just looking on the website because I don't think a lot of places around us, around me anyway, carry a lot of your product lines. So I might be placing an order for some of those non-alcoholic <laughs> options. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, congratulations, by the way. Congratulations. Um, and so, yeah, the fresh press we're really excited about. We're playing with some seasonal flavors there, too. I mean, we always have our standard um, apple. It is, that's all it is. It is fresh pressed apple cider blended with, with sparkling water. So it keeps that really fresh apple taste, but brings down the calorie count, uh, brings down the sugar count, which, you know, can't go wrong there, but still maintains that fresh, you know, fruit profile. We've got the cran apple going on now. Um, and then we've got the, um, the fresh squeeze, the lemon flavor in the summertime for the more, um, you know, for the hotter months. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming back on and talking with us. Uh, I can't wait to get back up there, do some snowboarding and uh, come and hang out and have some cider and some live music or some open mic nights there. Well, that sounds great. We'll definitely keep us uh, posted when you do. I'd love to hit the mountain with you and share some of these uh, limited release ciders. So thank you, Nick and Bianca, for, for having me and Snow Cider. And um, best of luck and enjoy the snow. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Take care.